Hey everyone, um, I'm really excited to be here with you today. Like Elliot mentioned, I'm Andrew, I'm our student pastor here, and we're finishing up this two-part series that we had an intermission from last week on giving thanks that I think is very appropriate considering that this last Thursday was Thanksgiving. So two weeks ago, our family pastor, Ethan, he, he got us kicked off by introducing a simple tool that both of us use in our ministry. It's called Hey, Say, Pray, and Obey. In his message, he described the first two words, which are hey and say, and then today I'm going to be looking at pray and obey with you all. So I, I love this tool because it's a faith realigning tool. Now faith is trusting God enough to do what he says. It's believing him to the point that it actually changes our actions, uh, it affects our lives, and changes what we do. So it's super important that we walk with God trusting him in faith, but we fail to do this every day of our lives in some way or another. We take our thoughts off of what is good and we turn them to disappointment, fear, worry. The list goes on and on. This happens multiple times a day. And so this tool is really designed to help people take their harmful thoughts and emotions and their wrong perspectives and then shift them towards obedience to Jesus. So we call this uh, taking our thoughts captive. It's the idea that, that we let the truth from God's word actually change the thoughts that we have and actually shape our lives. So this is something that we can use to get traction whenever we get stuck in our relationship with God. When worry, disappointment, anger, fear cause us to lose focus on what is true, we can use this tool, hey, say, pray, and obey, to really get us back on track, to help us refocus on the truth. So I'm excited to be sharing the final two pieces of this. This is a tool that personally has been extremely helpful for me over the years, and especially in this season that we're in right now. I mean, since this is probably the strangest and potentially the most disappointing holiday season many of us have experienced, we focused the application of this tool on giving thanks in the midst of disappointment. So our guiding verse has been 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And to most of us, honestly, this seems like a pretty tall order. I mean, if the command was to complain or feel disappointment in all circumstances, I'm pretty sure I can make that happen. But, dis- I mean, but give thanks, I mean, that's tough. Uh, disappointment is, is what we feel when reality doesn't line up with our expectations, and we've put our hope in our expectations. It's the opposite of giving thanks, and it really leads to some other really bad attitudes. Disappointment is... I call it the gateway attitude uh, to a lot of other bad consequences, like complaining, anger, bitterness, grumbling. Uh, It's the gateway because disappointment is where those bad attitudes really start. So there are several things in my my life personally right now that I really struggle to give thanks for. There are things that happen regularly that disappoint me, but one sticks out more than most in my life. About six months ago, I started to develop regular migraines, and they range from pretty mild to incapacitating. And the first time that I had one, I'll never forget, uh, it, was, it was late at night, my wife had already gone to bed, the kids were asleep, and I was getting ready for bed, and all of a sudden, what looked like a lightning bolt shot across my vision, and it stayed there for a while. And, and slowly, from the bottom right up, I began to lose my vision, and I was concerned, you know. <laughs> You know, I was all alone in the dark, and, you know, I, I was wondering what was happening. And so, I, it was so funny. I was trying to research 
uh, I did a Google search about what was happening. You know, I was trying to read it out of the, the corner of my eye because I was losing my vision, and I just imagined it looked pretty funny. But after a quick prayer and reading on the internet, I just decided, okay, what I need to do is go to sleep. Because I was, I was deciding whether I needed to wake up my wife and go to the hospital or if I should just go to sleep. And so I decided on the latter. And since then, I've been checked out by a neurologist. And the answer was that I simply have whatever it is that causes people who have migraines to have migraines. I just have it. And so they're a part of my life. Um, and I learned that that lightning bolt that comes across my vision is what's called an aura. Um, and what it signals for me is that in about 20 minutes, I am going to be down for the count for the next few hours. Uh, it's, it's the calm before the storm. And I'm, I'm actually grateful for the signal because it helps me prepare for what's getting ready to happen. But honestly, my first thought whenever that flashes across my vision is, oh man, not again. The last thing on my mind in that moment is giving thanks, um, knowing that there are four hours of throbbing pain and nausea that are getting ready to come my way, getting ready to experience that, and and it's disappointing. And I don't believe that this oh man thought is unique to me. In my experience, most people have something that triggers a similar thought, and I bet you've had some oh oh man moments in your life, and maybe even this last week, or maybe you have that when you think about Christmas plants. My migraines are one of the negative circumstances in my life now that I I have to cope with, and 1 Thessalonians 5.18 is clear that we need to give thanks in all circumstances. So I need to somehow get to a point where I can still give thanks to God, even though migraines are now a part of my life. And honestly, that's a, a tough spot to get to on my own. But this verse is something that all of us need to figure out. And that is where this tool comes in. Hey, say, pray, obey. To this point, if we've successfully applied what we've heard from Ethan a couple weeks ago, we will have identified the harmful thought or attitude. We would say, hey, I know what that is. That's disappointment. And then we would have said the truth from God's word that, you know, I need to give thanks in all circumstances. And both are important steps towards obeying God. That's really the goal is we want to, to realign our lives with what God says and obey him. But just those first two steps, they don't get us there on our own. That's why we have the next step. We we pray for God's help. Hebrews 4, 15, and 16 reads, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So the goal is to obey God, but we really can't do that in a true sense until we receive God's help. Knowing the right thing to do doesn't guarantee that we will do the right things. I mean, I know I'm not supposed to be harsh. I know I'm not supposed to complain even as I'm doing those things. I know that what I'm doing is wrong. And every once in a while, you might be able to force obedience, but willpower alone will not lead to a lifetime of faithfulness to God. Sporadically forcing yourself to do the right things won't develop your relationship with Him, and it doesn't increase our trust in Him either. So we really must involve God in the process. That's why this pray portion is so important. In our temptation to sin, we really need to receive mercy from Him and find grace in our, in our time of need, and that can only be found in the presence of God. So how do we get there? 
How, how do we come before God? It, this verse says it, through Jesus. He is the sinless high priest that this verse is talking about. Now, in the Old Testament, a high priest was someone who went into the temple once a year to the holiest place to be in the presence of God. My understanding is that this task was not performed with great confidence because rightfully so, these priests were concerned about coming before God as sinful people. But because of Jesus' sinless life and his sacrifice for us, we can now approach God in prayer with confidence and receive the help we need to actually follow him. So it's as simple as talking to God in that moment of a bad attitude about what you're experiencing. When you, when you notice a harmful thought or idea, you can ask him for help to do what is right. And this process towards moving uh, to obeying God, this is a faith exercise. So again, faith is trusting God enough to do what he says. If that's what faith is, then a lack of faith is not trusting God enough to do what he says. So as we're looking at the, at the issue of disappointment and gratitude, what this means is that ultimately, gratitude is a faith issue. If you look at your life and you cannot find anything to thank God for, the issue isn't your circumstance. The issue is your perspective. And so you're not engaging faith as you look at that circumstance, at that situation. Now, this in no way means that your life is somehow perfect or that you aren't going through some extreme difficulties. But even in difficulty, there are still things that we can be grateful for. So you may not even in that moment have the perspective to know what those things are, but if you're struggling with disappointment, as you pray, you can ask God for help, even asking him to show you specific things that you can be grateful for, that you can thank him for. Uh, a, a general prayer in response to disappointment might sound something like this. You know, God, you say to give thanks in all circumstances. I confess that I've complained and been, been disappointed. I've put my trust in the wrong things, and they've come up short. Please help me as I seek to obey you. Uh, that, that's just a simple prayer we can, we can pray in the moment of disappointment to get us back on track. And so we pray to receive God's very real help in our time of need, and then we obey with a faith response. Now, this is a really important step. This is what we've been building to with this whole tool, and we want to make sure that we get this one right. So obedience to God really is our faith on display. The general question that obedience is trying to answer is what would a faith response look like in this circumstance? God, what would it look like for me to trust you right now in this situation? That, that's what we're trying to do as we're walking with him in faith. And in our current example of disappointment, uh, the faith response to it is expressing gratitude to God. So I want to look at three specific ways that we can obey and give thanks throughout the ups and downs of our daily lives. And the first of these ways is prescriptive. It's something that you can do regularly that will inoculate you from some of the symptoms of disappointment. And the other two are situational. Uh, there's something you apply in the moment. So the first thing that we can do is regularly thank God for the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15.1, uh, Paul writes this. He says, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. So here Paul, he's writing to a church that had already believed the gospel, the good news that Jesus died for our sins, that we can have eternal life through faith in him. They had already believed that. They'd received it, and they were trying to stand firm on it. And he was writing them. He couldn't wait to remind them of the truth so that they could stay standing through the ups and downs of life. So the, the good news isn't just like a Christian starter home that you get when you first decide to follow Jesus. 
and hope to move out of soon, uh, it's the foundation for our lives. It's uh, the only really firm thing that we can set our lives on. So it's the basis of our hope and our relationship with God. And it's something that we should be reminded of often. Uh, regularly thanking God for the gospel is the inoculation step. It can really guard you against some of those symptoms that, that cause disappointment in your life. But it's not like a Christian booster shot that you get every two to four years. Uh, this is more like daily medicine. So after college, I went through a short book with my growth group that I found really helpful. It's called A Gospel Primer for Christians. And kind of the whole point of this book was that there are 31 really short reasons why you should remind yourself of the gospel regularly. And then in the second half of the book, there's a really clear and succinct description of what the gospel is, that after you read the little section about why you should remind yourself of the gospel, it's, it's actually, uh, you read the gospel. It's, it's super, super helpful. And, you know, I put this book down um, you know, after college, I read it. I was like, oh, that's great. That's a good thing. I'll remind myself of the gospel. That's cool. Uh, but then um, I, I put the book down, and it was something that it was a habit that, that wasn't as regular in my life. And so a few weeks ago, my wife and I, we kind of picked this book back up to, to go through in our daily quiet times, and it was a breath of fresh air. I mean, it's been so encouraging. And it's, it's the principle that is mo- more important than the book itself, that we need to regularly remind ourselves of the truth, our foundation, uh, the, the gospel, and then we need to regularly thank God for the fact that we, we can know him and be made right by what Jesus has done. And it also reminds us of something that we can always be grateful for. So if the good news is the foundation for our lives, it's also the foundation for our gratitude. No matter the circumstance, we can know that our eternal hope is secure because we've trusted in God because of what Jesus did. So we can always give thanks for that. The second thing that we can do and to obey God and give thanks is to give thanks in the difficulties. And I've, I've spent a good amount of my time trying to figure out the, the why question behind the different difficulties that I've faced. And the main question uh, that we should be trying to answer when we hit difficulties really isn't why. But that's just because this side of heaven, we might not ever know the specific reason why difficulty came into our lives. But when faced with difficulties, the question we need to answer is the question of obedience. What is my faith response to this? What does a step forward in faith look like right now? In Corey Ten Boom's book, The Hiding Place, she tells us about living in Holland under Nazi rule during World War II. And because of her family's faith in Jesus, they decided that they were going to actually protect and help the Jews. And this eventually led her and her sister to be taken to a Nazi concentration camp, both in their 40s at the time, being sent to the concentration camp. And when they were sent there, um, they actually miraculously got a Bible with them. It went undetected by the guards. They knew they wanted to have it, and that it would be confiscated immediately if it was found. And I I don't need to describe to you what the conditions are in a Nazi concentration camp. Uh, We're all familiar with that. But on top of all the horrors that they faced regularly, there was one thing that was added on top. Fleas. The barracks that they were assigned to were absolutely overrun with fleas. And when they first arrived and they realized that there were fleas everywhere, Betsy asked Corey to open their Bible and actually read the verse that we just read earlier, 1 Thessalonians 5.8, to give thanks in all circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 
realizing that this verse said, give thanks in all circumstance, Betty, she led them to start thanking God for different things. And Corey was skeptical, but she went along. Uh, That is until Betsy said, and thank you, God, for the fleas. At that moment, that was too much. She said, Betsy, there's, there's no way that even God can make me grateful for a flea. You know, uh, but Betsy insisted and thanked God. And, and as I look at the story, I'm more of a Corey than a Betsy. It seems almost ridiculous to take the Bible that seriously. I mean, doesn't it? And certainly, I would have never thought to, to do something like that if the Bible hadn't said it. Because some circumstances are deplorable. They're just awful. So are you telling me that in the worst circumstances, people can still give thanks? Yeah, I think, I think that's what the Bible is saying, and I think it's really tough to read it as saying anything otherwise. And as it turns out, they actually had reason to be grateful for the fleas. Uh, even though they were uncomfortable, the benefit was that the fleas kept the guards out of the barracks. And with that little bit of freedom, Corey and her sister Betsy were able to lead regular Bible studies and really encourage the Christian women that were in the concentration camp, and they got to see several people turn their lives over to Jesus. So we don't thank God because the hard things are enjoyable or because we even understand why they've happened to us, but we thank God because in the moment of difficulty, we have the opportunity to grow to be more like Jesus, to see him work in our lives and then in the lives of other people. So here's how the process worked. Uh, In Romans 5, verses 3 through 5, it reads this. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who, who has been given to us. So our hope increases as we endure difficulty, because the difficulty we experience God's love in a very real way Endurance leads to character. Character leads to hope. But the key to all of this is endurance. Enduring requires you to keep going even when you don't want to, to to take the next faith step forward, even when it doesn't feel great. So as we screen our harmful thoughts and emotions with this tool as we walk with, with God, endurance will be required. Because as we move forward in our relationship with God, we're going to have these harmful thoughts come back often. Maybe the same disappointment keeps popping up in your head over and over and over again, and we have to work through this process of taking that thought captive. And that requires some real endurance. And in the middle of this enduring, we we experience God's love in a very real way. Often as we go through difficulty, we see, see him clearly So this is a a faith-building, a hope-building thing. And right when COVID started, Bevan mentioned something that I thought was really helpful. He said that as a church, he encouraged us to to make a list of the different difficult or stressful things that we had going on in our lives, and then to turn those into thanks. Because the fact that we had things that we were worried about meant that we also had things that are important to us. So we could... We could look at those because, as blessings because that's what they, they really were. So if you were afraid of the stock market, I mean, you could praise God that you have stocks. That's great. Or if you were worried about your, your kid's future, you could praise God that you had kids. Or if you were worried about getting sick and you were healthy, you could praise God that you were healthy. So turning 
uh, the difficulty or the stressful things into things that you can be grateful for. I, I thought that was extremely helpful, but this is hard to do for most of us. I mean, giving thanks in the midst of difficulty is just, it's difficult. <laughs> you know, when I, when I start to get a migraine, I'm not excited about what's about to happen, but my goal is to now turn my thoughts towards gratitude to God and thank Him for the character and hope that I'm going to experience on the other side. I don't thank God for the pain. I pray for that to go away. But I still thank Him for the growth that I'll experience in my, in my faith and my relationship with Him as I go through it. And about a month ago, I was in the middle of a pretty bad migraine. Um, if I can fall asleep, that is pretty helpful for me. That's, that's something that kind of moves me past the migraine phase. And I just felt so bad, nothing was working. I mean, I was trying to listen to a football game. I was trying to listen to a book. Anything I could do to, to take my mind off of the migraine and then go to sleep, and nothing was working. And I felt myself kind of sliding towards this cliff of disappointment. And I realized in that moment, what I actually probably should do was just to lay there and in my mind as I prayed, just to thank God for all the good things in my life, uh, to keep my perspective from really moving into a bad place. And honestly, I did that until I fell asleep, and it was really helpful. Um, and, it, and it helped, most importantly, keep me from the edge of that cliff of disappointment and despair. It really, it really helped my perspective. And that leads us to the last thing, uh, to give thanks for the blessings. Now, this one seems like a no-brainer, right? It's like, life is good, thank God. But when we're in a good mood, it's, <laughs> and things are going our way, that, that, that's an what would seem like an easier time to actually express gratitude to God. And, and in the book of Luke in the New Testament, we read a story about Jesus who heals ten lepers. Now, a leper was someone in their society that was an outcast. They couldn't spend time with their family because of the disease. They couldn't go to the temple and worship God. They were literally on the fringes of society. And he heals ten lepers, and they all walk away so excited. They're so excited to get back to their their life, to, to go worship God, praise Him for their healing. I mean, they've been healed. This is an amazing thing. And one of the ten actually took the time to come back and, and thank Jesus for healing him. And Jesus responds by saying, well, didn't I heal ten lepers, and yet one came back to praise God? And what this really means uh, for us is that giving thanks, taking the time to honor God and say thank you, for the blessings, it's a really good thing. In the middle of the good things that are happening in our lives, we also need to take time and stop and say thank you to God. This could be stopping and thanking Him for how He provides for you and your family. It could be stopping and thanking Him for the relationships that you have. Um, wh whatever it is that, that you would consider a blessing, we, we should take time to express gratitude. And so whatever they are, we need to, to give thanks for the blessings. And earlier, I mentioned Corey Ten Boom's story. Miraculously, she was released from the concentration camp because of a clerical error. In fact, she was, she was branded as an, an enemy of the Nazi party, and there should have been no reason why she was released. But, but God allowed her to be released, and she devoted the rest of her life to spreading the good news of Jesus everywhere she went until she passed away in the 1980s. Actually, um, her, her gravesite is in Santa Ana. At the end of her life, she moved back here, which is pretty cool. And God used her, her experiences to take her sister's message of gratitude and hope to 
I mean, thousands and thousands of people. And in the middle of the difficulty and disappointment, neither her nor her sister knew what God was going to do with the tragedy, and that he was going to use it to extend his message of forgiveness to, to thousands of people over four decades. And for me personally, raised her up as a hero of our faith. And so our stories might not be as intense as Corey's, but we can live a life of great impact if we take God seriously enough to obey him like she did. He has given us the means to do that as we take our harmful thoughts and emotions captive and we turn them with his help towards obedience so that we can move forward with him. So I've personally ex- really experienced the benefits of hey, say, pray, obey firsthand, and I'm so grateful to have been exposed to this tool. I'll never forget the first time I, I heard about it. I was amazed and I was so challenged when I saw this tool in action. Actually, I was at a conference and we were focused on family ministry and there was a video of uh, a young girl. She was like 10 or 11. And this was something that they had, um, she had learned in the kids' ministry. And her family and her actually actively put it into practice. And, and she shared a story about how she had a really bad attitude. She knew the right thing to do. She didn't want to do it. And so she actually was able to identify, hey, this thought is not helpful. And then she said a verse that she had memorized from the Bible that addressed that specific issue that she had. She prayed for God's help, and then she actually did the right thing. And as an adult, watching that, I was like, God, do I do that? You know, like, am I, is this 10-year-old more mature than me? Oh, Jesus, help. <laughs> you know, and then I immediately was like, okay, no, no. This is just how helpful and simple this tool is. I can use this personally, and I know uh, it's something that would be helpful for you too. So during the Christmas season, uh, when your plans get unexpectedly changed, canceled, or and you want to complain, or, you know, someone in your family does something really disappointing, and you feel bitterness or anger really starting to set in, I would encourage you, you can identify that harmful thought or emotion. You can say, hey, I know what this is. This is disappointment. You can say the truth from God's word. You can pray and ask God for his very real help in that time of need, and then you can obey God with a faith response. Let's pray. God, we are so grateful First of all, we, we can know you, that actually the biggest problem in our lives is taken care of the moment we decide to follow you. We trust you to forgive our sins, and we commit our lives to you, Jesus. That Literally, the biggest problem we would have is taken care of, and that's our sin. So, Jesus, we're so grateful for that. I ask that for each one of us, we would be able to, to move forward today, identifying maybe some of our problem areas, our problem thoughts or emotions, and that you would give us Uh, a way to move forward so that we can move forward in faith, trusting you as we really seek to obey you, God, because we know that we can can follow you uh, and trust you and that you've given us what we need to do that. Jesus, I pray that, that we would each walk away with something specific that we can apply to our lives in the area of giving thanks today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.